I tell you what's, what's on my heart uh, this morning. It's actually the same thing that was on my heart a, a few Sundays ago when I preached. I, I just can't get away from it. And I don't know that I ever will and ever want to. I just, I just want to keep talking about what it means for Jesus to live inside of us. Yes. I, and, and look, if you weren't here last time, I preached this okay because I'm just going to do a lot of repeat. And then I'll, I'll, I'll put some new stuff in there too, especially towards the end. But I, I feel like I'm on this journey. I feel like it's been years of this journey, but the past couple months has really been highlighted where I just, every day I wake up and say, Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like and what it means for the Savior of the world to live inside of Wes. I think the, the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest revelations that you and I will ever have as believers is the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so I've just been asking, Holy, show me what it means, show me what it looks like. I, I'm, I will not ever be able to get rid of the fact that the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords lives in me. The, the cure for every disease lives inside of me. Healing for every sickness. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 30, Jesus is up on a mountainside and people begin to come to him and lay sick people at his feet. The lame, the cripple, the blind. There are sick people all at his feet. And in Matthew 15, 30, it says that Jesus healed them all. He healed all of them. In that Jesus who healed them all now lives inside of me, the one who heals all. Sickness is not a problem for Jesus. And that's who we carry him with us everywhere we go. The cure for every disease, healing for every sickness, hope for every hopeless situation, the solution to every problem. It's Jesus, and he dwells in us. And I've just been going, man, what, what am I doing with it? Holy Spirit, help. <laughs> and, and one of the things, he's just been reminding me of scriptures of who I really am over these past couple months. Like th Ephesians 3.17, it says, Jesus lives in our heart. Second uh, Peter 1 4, it says that we share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. When we receive him, we are partakers. We receive his nature. You no longer have a sin nature. You have the nature of Jesus Christ. You no longer have a bent towards sin. You have a bent towards righteousness. This is who we are now. Christ changes the game. Are you happy? That's who we are now. Romans 8 9 said, you're no longer controlled by the sinful nature. You're controlled by the spirit of the living God. He's who controls us. Isn't that amazing? In 1 Corinthians 2, 16, it says we've received the mind of Christ so we can think how he thinks and see how he sees and feel what he feels and respond the way that he responds. Oh, he wants to take us up on his mountain. He didn't share secrets with strangers. Oh, he wants intimacy with us. Are you with me? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Galatians 2.20, it's no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives in us. John 14.20, Jesus says, I'm in my Father, you are in me, and now I am in you. We're in him, but yet he's also in us. This means that we're one with him. Every, everywhere we go, we carry him with us. Everywhere he goes, he actually carries us with him. How does that work? I don't know. It's awesome. We're one with him. And the Holy Spirit's been showing me, Wes, this changes everything. This means that our life looks different. It's true. Our life is supposed to be different than the rest of the world around us because of Christ in us. It doesn't mean that you're better than anyone. 
It just means that what you believe that Jesus paid for is way better than anything this world could ever offer you and I. Woo! I'm not better than anyone. We're actually all on an equal playing field. But Christ in us allows you and I to live a different life than the rest of the world. That not only impacts us, it impacts the rest of the world that needs him and is looking for him. Oh my goodness. If your life doesn't look any different than the world around you, if your life doesn't look any different than the people that you work with or that you go to school with or that you run with, if you're just going along with the flow of everyone else, if you're just blending in with society, if you're just joining the majority with what everyone else is saying and doing, if your life doesn't look any different than the world around you, there's a good chance that the revelation of Christ in you has not hit your heart yet. I'm not being mean this morning. I just came with the truth. I'm speaking to my own heart whenever I share on these Sunday mornings or whenever, whether I'm in front of one or a million in one, it's just what Jesus is doing in my heart and life, what he's showing me, what we're supposed to be different. Like, like, like I'm just thinking, like, you know, right now I feel like the, the biggest thing that's going on right now in the church is this thing called complete surrender. It, it's like, it could be that the reason that your life might not look different than the rest of the world around you and that that revelation of Christ in you hasn't hit your heart yet is because maybe we haven't fully surrendered our life to Jesus Christ. This is where I left off last time I preached. The revelation of Christ in us begins with you and I being all in. It begins with on our knees every day of our life. We can't just add Jesus to our life and call it Christianity. He's supposed to be our life. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father and is able to experience the kingdom apart from him. It begins with being all in. We can't just have our own plans and agenda and just include Jesus to be a part of it. It's every day, Jesus, you are my plan today. You're not a part of my plan. I I say yes to you everywhere I go, Jesus, I'm yours. I can't wait to be used by you. I can't wait to hear from you. I can't wait to go into my job, man, to lay hands on the sick. Every day, when Jesus becomes our plan, we begin to experience an adventure of a lifetime. Every day with him. See, right now, as we speak, there are believers, a lot of believers that have been following Jesus, like for a long time. And I've talked to them, I see them post about it. There are believers that are searching inward. They're trying to figure out and discover who they really are right now. Where they fit into this thing called Christianity. And they're deconstructing the Christian faith. You heard about this deconstruction? It, it, it makes me so sad. Believers, right now, they, man, I'm, where do I fit in? Do I really belong? What have I really believed my whole life? Where do I fit in this Christianity? Like, so they're deconstructing things. And so a lot of people on the outside looking in and going, man, they've just given in to the devil. They've given in to the lies and the deception of the devil. There's a political spirit out there that, that's, that's confusing people and the devil's behind it. I don't think that's the problem. I don't think the devil is the issue. I think the issue from the very beginning was this complete surrender to Jesus Christ at all costs and the word of God that is the standard that we live by. I don't think, see, the devil's not the problem. The problem is a lack of surrender. Somewhere down the line, believers started caving in. Caving in to the things around them. Somewhere down the line, we stopped getting on our knees every day and saying, Jesus, I don't invite you to be a part of my plan. You are my plan today and every day. 
The problem's not the devil. It's surrender. Are you with me this morning? See, see, so, so when life happens, when life throws these Christians a curveball, they hurt by people, the church, whatever you want to call it. They're faced with tough circumstances, situations. Things don't go according to plan because there wasn't a complete surrender. Their world begins to cave in. And they begin to, where, who, where, who, where, who am I really? Really? Where do I belong? Where, where do I fit in? And they're deconstructing this thing. Listen, man. You want to find yourself? You got to lose yourself and give all of yourself to Jesus Christ. The more inward focused you become, man, the more disappointed you will be because you won't like what you see. You'll begin to see yourself from a worldly point of view rather than seeing yourself from heaven's point of view. You'll begin to give into the opinion of the world rather than giving in to who God says you really are. Man, listen, only God can tell you who you really are because he's the one that created you. You want to find yourself? Get rid of yourself. And say, Jesus, I give you everything. This is where it all begins. Complete surrender. And then that revelation, oh my gosh, the one I've surrendered to actually lives in me. And this changes the game. Listen, listen, man, people who are deconstructing the Christian faith, it drives me crazy. They say, man, the gospel is exclusive. It doesn't include everybody. What part of for God so loved the world do you not understand? What part of God put out his spirit on all flesh do you not understand? It's not that the gospel is exclusive. The gospel is the truth that wants to set you free. And there's a certain part of that truth that doesn't fit into your lifestyle and your plan. So you deconstruct it to make it fit your plan instead of God's plan. And in the process, you miss out on experiencing the true liberty that Jesus paid for you to have. You can't deconstruct something that never was constructed. The gospel is the free gift of eternal life that comes through one man, and it's Jesus Christ. And he came with the truth and the standard of God's word to set us free. Woo! It's all him or nothing, man. It's Jesus. When you find yourself, lose yourself. Give all of yourself to him. And once you do, once you, get, once you cave in to the truth of God's word that makes you come alive, all of a sudden, man, that revelation of Christ in you begins to bubble up, man. And your life begins to look different because we're supposed to be. We, we, we don't have the same attitude as the rest of the world. We don't walk in the same unforgiveness that everyone else does. I, freely, I've received forgiveness. Freely, I get to give that thing away. It's part of my identity now. I'm a forgiver. I wake up every day and I look for opportunities and ways to extend forgiveness to people. So that I'm not a part of the problem, I'm a solution to the problem. And his name is Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't, I don't live an offended life. Nothing you could ever say or do bothers me. Because I've been set free from you. Really, I, I, I walk with unconditional love. You ask my wife, nothing bothers me ever. Things might make me sad and break my heart because people aren't living the way that God intended for them to. But nothing bothers me. Because I'm free. I, I, don't walk, I don't live with a pompous, haughty attitude, man. I walk in humility because all glory is God's anyway. Yeah. The goal is for people to see him in me and not me. Yeah. I, I don't join in with everyone else when they're talking about people and gossiping behind their back. Because I realize in Proverbs it says gossip separates the best of friends. And I don't want to be a part of separating people. I want to be a part of bringing people together in the family of God. See, Christ in us changes the way we live our life. If it's not any different, there's something that you need to surrender. And when you do, you'll get rid of yourself and you'll gain a life worth living. Luke 9, 23. 
and 24. Y'all, this, I'm telling you, I'm doing it every day, and it's awesome. It's an adventure of a lifetime. Oh, my goodness, man. I, I asked the Holy Spirit like that. He's been showing me life is supposed to look different. He's been showing me as to surrender every day. And the other thing that's been happening as he shows me what it looks like for Christ to be in me is my faith is beginning to rise up. My faith and my confidence when it comes to being a witness because this is not just an assignment or a calling. This is a lifestyle. This is our purpose for being alive. You weren't born for you. You were born for him. You were born to change the world. You were born to be a light and that light lives in you. And I know because I'm one with him, I'm realizing in a new way that when I step out, he steps out. When I open up my mouth, he opens up his. We're one. When I, when I begin to pray for someone, he begins to intercede. When I lay hands on the sick, he lays his hands on the sick because we're one. And when he lays his hands on the sick, it's good as over. They will be healed. This is who Jesus is, and he wants to see it done even more than we want to see it done because he already paid for it on the cross. He wants to receive the full reward for his suffering. And his reward is seeing everybody on this planet experience the reality of what he paid for on the cross. He not only can, he will. He's not only able, he's willing. This is who he is. I'm not the one doing it. He's the one that's doing it. I'm just the vessel and the mouthpiece he does it through. And it's so fun every day. So my faith and my confidence just been rising, man. I, I, the Holy Spirit took me to this verse this week. It's John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. I've read this scripture my whole life. And it's so powerful. And the Holy Spirit took it to another place. Jesus, in John 7, 37, 38, he's standing in the middle of a crowd at the Feast of Tabernacles, one of the major Jewish uh, uh, feasts. And he's standing there in the midst of a crowd, and it says that he stands up in what I would like to suggest, a holy moment, right? I would like to suggest that, that it's quiet. It's okay for Jesus to disrupt those moments because he's the only reason that makes those moments holy. Oh, he stands up. And he says, hey, if any of you here are thirsty, come to me and I will give you something to drink. And he says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow out of you. And the rivers that he refers to is the Holy Spirit. The spirit that never stops moving, that's always flowing The Spirit is the power of God in action on the earth. The Spirit came as the deliverer. He delivers the goods. He delivers what Jesus paid for everyone to have. He's the river. Not bottles of water, not gallons of water, not tubs of water, not lakes. Rivers that never stop flowing. But I want you to notice Jesus didn't say, come to me and I'll give you your own new cup and we'll share a drink together. No, he goes, come to me. Now we're one. My cup is your cup. We drink out of the same cup of Jesus Christ. Because he lives in us. He didn't give us our brand new cup. I mean, that would be awesome, right? We drink from his cup. We share the same cup with Jesus. And the result is we get the same river, the same spirit that rested upon him. Now it's the same spirit that lives in and rests upon us so that we can do the same things he did and get the same results that he got. So we can pick up where he left off and continue to push the kingdom of God forward. He says, come and drink from my 
cup and do the same things I did. Get the same spirit I got. We are one with him. Listen, man, there's a lot of cups out there. You're going to want to drink from his. There's a lot of options out there, man. The cup of Jesus is the only one that can truly fulfill you and satisfy you. The cup of Jesus, you're going to want to drink from his cup. (laughs) He doesn't give you your own new one. He says, my cup's yours. We get the same river. Listen, man, when we drink from the cup of Jesus, it doesn't just make us feel better. It makes us brand new. We're always looking for ways to feel better in our life. We, We go to the TV show, man, just to escape the reality of what's going on in our world. So we just binge watch. That's just, this is going to make me escape a little bit. Right? We, go, we were bored. We go to Instagram. And 45 minutes later, we're actually more discouraged than we were before because we spent 45 minutes comparing our life to someone else's life. We've had a long, hard, stressful day, so we pour the glass of wine. Oh, man, this is just going to ease. That's just, that's just going to help everything. Oh, man, we get through with the first glass, and we go, man, that's better, but I need one more. We just, it's real quiet in here. I know it. I'm not done. <laughs> we, th- th- man, this is going to eat. This is going to make me just feel so much better. And, and, you know, and then we wake up the next day, and all we look forward to is the glass of wine at night. We miss out on living our life during the day for Jesus Christ. We go to the pill. We go to the website. I'm not saying that some of those things I just said are wrong or even bad. I'm just saying, what if we took a drink from the cup of Jesus Christ? What might happen if we took a drink from his cup? Because it fulfills and satisfies like nothing and no one else can. Woo! Ephesians 5, 18 says, don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with the river of the Holy Ghost. What, what if we took a drink from the cup of Jesus when we were stressed, upset, bored? Yeah. Let me tell you what would start happening. That river within you would start bubbling up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, the river. Woo! You drink from the cup of Jesus Christ. You might actually find yourself dancing in the midst of a tough situation. That thing you were worried about, man, all of a sudden you begin to feel the peace of heaven. You begin to see things from a heaven's point of view. You begin to get this download about how to figure out the problem you have. You drink from the cup of Jesus. Watch that river start bubbling up. It's the cup of Jesus. You don't get your own cup. Don't look for another one. He gets, man, we're one. We share. I have no idea what's happening right now. I'm starting to feel it, though. It's the cup of Jesus, man. Hey, hey, everybody, look at this. We, we it, this whole Christ in us, the revelation of Christ in us, begins with surrender. He can't be a part of our plan. He is our plan. He can't just be on the list of other options. He's got to be in a league of his own. What if Jesus became our only option in life? 
I would like to suggest we begin to see more happen. Breakthrough will begin to become natural and more natural and more natural. He's the answer, the solution. He's the cup that we drink from. Can I take this further? So, uh, Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like, what it means. Wes, it looks different. It starts with surrender. Wes, it, it, looks, it looks like your faith and confidence rising because it ain't you that's doing anything. It's Christ through you. Pressure's off. We've received the pleasure of Christ living in us that changes the world through us. And then, so for some of you, it might begin this morning. You haven't surrendered everything to him, and that's, a, that's, that's where you got to start. You can't go further than surrender. But now once you've surrendered, for some of you, I'm preaching to the choir this morning, and you've already fully surrendered your life to Jesus. And you're all in, and so naturally what's ha- what happens next is, okay, what now? This is what the Holy Spirit's been showing me. Holy Spirit, I'm all in. Okay, what now? What, 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 where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Uh, you've got my whole life, God. What, what, what does it look like now? Where do I go? What do I do? And in Christian's terms, we might ask the question like this. God, what is your will for my life? Anybody ever asked that or is still asking that? God, what in the world is your will for my life? You should be really excited right now this morning. You should sit on the edge of your seat because you're going to leave out here knowing what God's will is for your life. Are you ready? I would just like to suggest that God's will is not something out there. God's will is someone inside of here, and his name is Jesus. Here's the question I would propose. What if we never, ever had to leave the will of God because Jesus was our plan every day of our life? What if God's will had less to do with you and more to do with the need and the cry of the world around you? For so many of us, man, we're... We spent most of our Christian life, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you to tell me what to do with my life. I'm waiting on you, God, to tell me what your will is. I'm all in. I'm surrendered. And to the point where we're, we're just afraid we're going to miss it and mess up. So we're just waiting on God to basically live our life for us. And I just want to simply remind you this morning. I just feel like freedom this morning. It's about to set in with the will of God. We're not just in relationship with him. We're in a partnership with him. And I, I, this is something that the Holy Spirit's been teaching me. God's will, God doesn't want to tell you what his will is. What if he wants to show you what his will is? Have you surrendered and you run with him? That's cool, right? We're waiting on God and God's doing, man. Look, Mark 16, uh, 20. The disciples get this assignment from Jesus to go and preach the good news to all creation. It says they went and preached everywhere, and God went and worked with them, confirming their words with signs, wonders, and miracles. Look, he went with them. This is we're surrendered. God knows our heart, we're surrendered. God trusts you more than you trust yourself. God acts as we act. Whoa! What if his will lives inside of us and it's not something out there? What if he didn't want to tell us? What if he wants to show us? What if God's will is not something that we uncover? What is something we discover in relationship with him? What if God's will is not supposed to be something we know? It's something we experience in an everyday relationship with him. What if God's will is not a calling? It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Completely surrendered to Jesus. That was dangerous. <laughs> what? Look, man. 
We're often t- we're waiting on God to tell us what to do with our life, and He's waiting on us to do something so He can confirm our words with signs, wonders, and miracles. Woo! Does that bring anybody freedom this morning? We're, we're waiting on God to unfold His plan for bringing redemption to the world, and God's waiting on us to realize that you are the plan. Because the plan lives inside of you. His name is Jesus. Christ in us changes everything. You're the plan now. We're waiting on God to give us that, that accurate prophetic word before we step out and can be used by him. And, and God doesn't actually need your accurate prophetic word. The most accurate prophetic word is your goal. That's not God's goal. It's awesome when we get them. I get them all the time. I love it. But God's not looking for the accurate word. He's just looking for somebody to step out with love in their heart and he'll take care of the rest. We're waiting on God to get us out of the job we're in. God, if you could just get me out of this job, if I could just get this promotion, if you could just get me out of this environment, if you just take me over here. And it's not that God doesn't have a, a different, better job for you. It's not that he doesn't want you to have the promotion. But what if God's waiting on us to wake up every day and instead of dreading going to work or wherever, we get on our knees and said, Jesus, today you're my plan. Today, Jesus, I'm going to get to be used by you. My attitude, my work ethic is going to reflect you. The way that I respond, my, my forgiveness towards others, my unoffense towards others, today is an adventure of a lifetime. What if you and I embraced every season that we were in and we realized that God not only wants to use us in this season, but what if this season God actually wants to prepare you and then that was, is what propels you to enter into the next season of what he has for you? Oh my, God, I focus, God, what's your will? I know this ain't it. Get me out of here. And God's going, my will lives inside of you, and his name is Jesus. And if you'll be fully present in the present with the presence, I'll actually use you where you are. I'll actually prepare you, and then that'll be what propels you into my will for your life. Are you happy this morning? This doesn't mean there aren't seasons and reasons to wait. If the light ain't green, don't go anywhere. I'm not taking away from that. I'm not suggesting you put the cart before the horse because then you'll go backwards. You, you want to wait the full nine months before you give birth so that baby's healthy. You don't want to give birth prematurely. I'm not taking away that from the second, but oftentimes as believers who are fully surrendered to God, we're just waiting on God to tell us what to do. And he's going, man, I'm waiting to show you what my will is for your life in partnership and relationship with me. Do something so I can confirm it with signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah. Oh! Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man plants his way in his heart, and God determines the steps. This scripture gives you and I permission to run, to go, to partner with, and he'll determine the steps. What if his, his will is not something he tells us, he shows us. It's in us. Christ in us changes everything. It changes the trajectory of our life. In the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through uh, 13. I'm sweating. Paul's in prison. He's writing this letter to the, the people in Philippi. And and. He's in prison, he writes this letter, and actually the title of this section is, it says, Paul is in chains for Christ. The first thing I want to point out is that, you know, it, it was not, I'll repeat myself, it was not God's will for Paul to be in prison. People go, man, God put Paul in prison. No, he didn't, the Roman guards did. Yep. 
It's just that Paul, as he was in prison, this is what he said. Well, I guess while I'm here in prison, I'm going to be a vessel for God to flow through. I would like to suggest that just because Paul was in prison, he never left the will of God. Isn't that freeing? What if we can never, ever leave the will of God because his will is in here and his name is Jesus? What if his will is less to do with you and more to do with the people around you? Paul goes, man, this whole palace garden is about to encounter my Lord and Savior. And it actually even says that the people outside of the prisons, the believers in the faith, they began to be encouraged because of all that Paul was doing inside the prison. Their faith began to rise. What if God's will lives within us? Paul continued to stay in the will of God. Let's take this even further. In the book of John, chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus tells his disciples, man, we got to work while it's day because the night's coming. Like, we got to get with it because the night's coming. And when the night comes, you won't be able to work anymore. And what, what he means by that is for us in this room, man, there will be a day when we spend eternity in glory. And in, in glory, in heaven, nobody would need to be healed, saved, and set free. The work is done on this earth, partnering with him to advance his kingdom. That also means that the people around us are not promised another moment. Here's my whole point. Man, people around us are longing and waiting for an encounter with God, but yet we find ourselves waiting on God to tell us what his will is for our life. And God's waiting on us to realize that one of the reasons we encounter him is so we can be an encounter to all the people around us that are waiting for him. Wait no more. I'm not giving you permission to run around like a chicken with your head cut off or do anything crazy and stupid. That's not what I'm saying. That's a different message. I'm saying when your life is completely surrendered to Jesus, God's going, man, what is it that you would like to do? I trust you more than you trust yourself. I'll work with you and confirm your words with signs and wonders and miracles. And if you happen to take a step in the wrong direction, because I'm such a good dad, I'll meet you where you are, and we'll shift directions. Come on. It's about a relationship, a partnership with God. Be free this morning to be all that God's called you and created you to be, because it's no longer you that lives, but it's Christ in you. God's will lives in you. It's not out there somewhere. It's in here. His name is Jesus Christ. Are you happy? What if Paul were to sit in prison and all his focus and attention was all on God? Just get me out of here. God, why am I in here? I would like to suggest Paul's willingness to realize that I never left the center of God's will because his will lives in me. I'm going to be used by him. That that is actually, not only did God use him, but that prepared him and propelled him for the next season for when he got out of prison. Some people, Wes, you just don't know my story. You don't know what, man, you don't know where I work. You don't know, man, I know the story of Jesus Christ. And his story becomes your story. Let's all stand up. <laughs> I'm serious. Take a drink this morning. Take a drink this morning from the cup of Jesus. 
only his cup can truly fulfill you and satisfy you like nothing and no one else can. Jesus didn't pay a price for your life to be better. He paid a price for you to drink from his cup and it'd be brand new. I don't know what you need this morning, but there's new life in this room through Jesus Christ. And this morning, Jesus is standing here and he said, come drink from my cup. And rivers of living water will flow from within you. I will fulfill you. I will quench the thirst that you've been longing for. I will satisfy you like nothing and no one else can. Come on, right where you are, man, just begin to drink up. Just begin to drink from the cup of Jesus. I surrender all, all to Jesus, I surrender. Come on, just begin to surrender everything to him right now. Come on, do whatever you need to do. Come forward, get on your knees, sit down in your seat, give him your job, give him your finances, give him your family, give him your dreams, give him your passions. And he'll give them back in a way that you never asked of, thought of, or imagined. Just give him everything, give him your life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, invite him to come into your life right now, right where you are. Acts 2.21, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just call on his name, Jesus, forgive me for my sins and come in right now. If there's some things that you've been hanging on to and need to surrender them, surrender them to Jesus and rededicate your life to him right now. Jesus, I give you my all. Jesus, I'm all in. Jesus, I commit to you being the biggest deal in my life. I recommit my life as a believer to you. Now, Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like it means to have Christ in me. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're moving. All, all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. We let go of ourselves this morning and give you all of ourselves, Jesus. We just declare that we are yours. Holy Spirit, show us what it looks like. Let us not just know, let us experience Christ in us on a daily basis. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that faith rises up this morning. We thank you this week as we step out, that we become a vessel and a mouthpiece for you to flow through. People in our city need you, Jesus. Let us give you away, Jesus. God, we thank you that your will lives within us. That we're not waiting on you to tell us something. We want you to show us what your will is every moment of our life as we say yes to Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our plan. Thank you, God. Come on, just, just, just keep surrendering. <laughs> just keep laying it all down. Just keep laying it all down. We thank you, Jesus, that you healed them all. Matthew 15, 30. I feel like there's somebody here this morning. You have pain. If you'll look up here, you have pain kind of at the top, the bottom part of your neck going into your the spine of your back. Who is that this morning? Who is that? That's you? You're going to be completely healed this morning. 
Thank you right now, Jesus. We just pray right now that you touch us. That you too? Yeah, right now, just, would you just put your hands on her and just begin to pray? Thank you, Jesus, for healing right now. Just put your hands on, was that, just put your hands, yeah, just begin to pray over Junior right now. Just begin to release, just release healing over Junior right now in Jesus' name. We thank you right now, Jesus, that you touch their necks right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that you are in love with every part of who we are. We thank you, Jesus, that you've already paid for it. Jesus, you're the healer. All glory goes to you. You healed them all. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, right now for healing, right now in this room. For whatever ailment or sickness, sickness that you have, that just happened to be on the word of knowledge that came. If you have sickness or pain in your body right now, feel free to receive healing in Jesus' name. Be healed. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're so good. We give you the honor and glory and power and praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. We surrender everything to you, Jesus. We surrender our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and our spirits. We lay them before your feet, your feet and we say, Jesus, come and do with them what you please. We thank you for the extraordinary plans that you have for us, God. The extraordinary plans and dreams that you have for us that are better than we could ever come up with. We thank you that it begins with being all in. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, listen, if you're, if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, Jeremy and I and Nedra and Caroline and Mel, we'll be up here to pray for you if you need prayer. If you need healing in your body, if you need a touch from Jesus, if you need to be encouraged in any way, shape, or form, if you just want to recommit your life to Him, if you want to surrender everything to Him, whatever it is that you need, we'll be here for you. But don't, let, don't leave, don't rush out, man, and miss out on this holy moment with Jesus and surrendering everything to Him. We bless you in the name of Jesus to go and be all that God's called you and created you to be. If you have children in the children's area, go grab them and come back in and stay as long as you need to. We love you, we bless you.